Welcome back, everybody, to Recalling Saul, a podcast recapping AMC's Better Call Saul, starring Bob Odenkirk, Jonathan Banks, Giancarlo Esposito, and more. Pat, holy effing S, my friend. This we are is, here. Uh, big we one. are here. This we're, is a we're, good one. We are here, as my friend Cam and his elite brethren say. We are here. We are drinking the piss. Yes. Well, I, I'm drinking a smoothie because uh, as you're listening to this today, it is my birthday. So I'm I'm enjoying a smoothie this morning. Uh, and, and this uh, is crazy. You have now. So you are drinking a smoothie on the day before your birthday. In the future. So that when people hear this, they can think of it as a birthday smoothie. Absolutely. See how I do that? <laughs> it, it's almost Gilligan-esque the way that yeah. I time I time tomorrow the big two nine as you guys are listening to this for yes. uh, for Justin. Absolutely, it's twenty nine <laughs> forever. <laughs> so stupid. Um, we this is a huge, huge packed episode. Uh, obviously, we've gotten the banter out the way. <laughs> um, so we I, I want to tap right into this episode. Uh, it is called episode. Uh, eight. Well, it's the episode is episode eight, and it's titled "Bagman." Uh, Vince Gilligan returns to direct this episode. It was an hour and thirty minute long episode, I believe. It's not confirmed yet. I think the last three episodes are going to be hour thirty minutes. That's crazy. Um, yeah. the, it, it was so funny, like saying, uh, that was it Gould saying, like, "Don't let these sit on your DVR. Uh, you know, watch them right away." Yeah, he was, was right. saying, like. Yeah, he's right, but also like, yeah, we know. Like, there aren't that many of us. We're watching the show. Like, we watch it every week. Like, yeah. it's literally like, uh, like a uh, Eric. Oh boy, <laughs> watch oh boy. the show, Eric. Does Eric? Does Eric listen to this? No, I don't think so. He because he uh he wait he waits until the season is over and then watches it all at once. I, I I dislike him very much. Uh, but yes, we we are we are here. Uh, I'd say you know everything has led to this. All roads lead to here. Every time we say, I feel, and I said this as we ever as I watched the episode, I was like, every time we say, okay, he saw now, we were like, okay, but it was like ten percent, twenty. Yeah. Okay. Well, here's 30%. here's the difference. Is it he was the. He he went full Saul at the end of the episode where he yelled at Howard uh, JMM because he it was he was very he was publicly denouncing everything but what he was doing. Uh, so and that was different than you know glad handing even with just cartel guys uh, yeah. because this was in a in a forum of his peers making this uh, not just declaration but uh, defiant, you know, meltdown, basically. Yeah. Here, we have him being Saul in a different way where, I mean, it's it's so funny. Like, you're going to be a friend of the cartel, and then you would think, like, of course you would have to go get the money. Like, yeah. it, like even though, you know, it's like kind of like being a mob boss. Like, even though you're, uh, you're high up, at some point you still have to be the person who does the one the job the to make stuff. sure it gets done. Yeah. Uh, and and that, this this was the first thing that put Saul squarely in 
the world of Breaking Bad. Yeah. Which I mean is kind of obvious to state at this point, but it's what that's what truly makes him Saul is existing in that the world as we know him, not existing. He's still in Jimmy's world, existing as Saul. In this episode, he's existing in the world of Breaking Bad in the capacity in which we know him. And beyond that, we never really see him do some shit like this in Breaking Bad. But now that we've seen him do it. We completely understand. Like I completely understand everything now. But let's get into the episode. Yeah. As as, as Pat said uh, just a couple of seconds ago, we are firmly in the world of Breaking Bad. They brought Vince Gilligan back. We've been saying we've been talking about this episode for at least two weeks now. Brought him back as a director. He's of course always a. Yeah, he's always know, a executive producer. Yeah. yeah, but now you know you don't bring Vince back for nothing. Yeah. You know, like this is this is there's a reason why he's directing. When the showrunner directs an episode, for anyone who is unfamiliar with this, it's it's the good stuff. Yeah, it's absolutely. It's time to to, to get real, and we're in up. You know, we're almost at the end of the season here, but uh, we see you know from the beginning of the cold open, bloody seats, a, a, a bloody Cadillac, and, and the people cleaning it, they're fucking around with the blood. The uh, fake out that it was just that we don't even like they, we don't see that happen. Yeah, what 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 I took from it was from it wasn't doesn't that look like Saul's car from Breaking Bad too? That would be great if that he were his that car. car. Yeah, yeah. Like, that'd be crazy. Uh, and I'm going to get to some of the notes from the Insider podcast that was huge this week. Um, some really cool stuff. Vince Gilligan was there talking about the episode. Uh, we'll get to that at the end of this episode when we do our our complete wrap up of this episode. There's a lot to take in. I just want to get through it. But uh, we see the twins. They're back now. Uh, they're, they're, the budget on this show is so immense, and I'll talk about that later as well. If you look at these classic cars, this set, everything here, this is an expensive shoot that they did here. Yeah, that was the first thing I. T- I mean, it was early in the episode, but the first thing I said to you is like they always get like. You know, they get an ant guy, they get a whatever guy. Who is their car guy for this episode? Because this was like they had old, they had, you know, the the, the cousins show up in uh, a Cayenne, or like a, a, the most modern, I think, Porsche there is. Yeah. There's old Porsches in there. They're walking past uh, a brand new Lamborghini. Uh, it w- I mean, it looked absolutely sensational. Mm-hmm. Uh, the palette of it was gorgeous. Uh, the, the twins walk into the cartel money house. Uh, they're, they're getting Lalo's bell ready. They hop in the Porsche with the money and they dip to New Mexico, but not before one of the people there says, hey, they make a phone call and say, hey, I have something for you. Wonder what it is. Uh, <laughs> after the break, we're back to Lalo and Saul. Uh, Lalo is laughing. Listen, once again, Tony Dalton, MVP. <laughs> yeah, he's really good. He's really good. Like, I would name him the MVP of this episode if not for Odenkirk and and uh, and Banks here giving stellar performances. I think Odenkirk in this episode, if he doesn't get an Emmy nom, there is no justice. And, I know, and, I know. And it is literally ridiculous if he doesn't get a nomination for this episode. Um, but Lalo is laughing at the Los Pollos Hermanos fire that, of course, we saw last week with Gus and Nacho. Saul says, "What's so funny?" And Lalo says, "Eh, you wouldn't get it." Excellent. <laughs> Excellent yeah. line reading. <laughs> it's so uh it's it, it really sets the scene up well for like Lalo is gonna be like fucking with Jimmy and talking down to him for the entire scene. Yes, <laughs> I, I think that it is is great. Uh, of course, the plan here is Jimmy has to go pick up the seven million. Jimmy is the one who got him off on bail, uh, at the behest of Mike and by proxy Gus, who have to get Lalo out of jail uh and out of 
the United States so that they can move on and so that they can get rid of Lalo. So this is just a part of Gus's plan that they're they're moving forward upon. Uh, Lalo gives Saul the directions to pick up the money. Uh, and Saul mentions his cousins, of course, bringing the money. But Lalo says <laughs> he wants this to be low profile. He says the people that people will notice if the cousins come to town. Of course, he's talking about Gus. Of course, we'll notice because the twins leave a bloody trail wherever they go. Uh, he doesn't trust Nacho with the money after Saul uh, asks about him. He, he doesn't think that, you know, he can trust Nacho with $7 million. I wouldn't trust him either because you already know if Nacho has $7 million, he's going to put his plan into action with his father and leave. Yeah, right, yeah. So he wants Saul to do it because nobody will question Saul. And before Saul leaves out, he uh, he he coughs, not asks for a hundred thousand dollars to bring back <laughs> money. And at this point, I put in my notes: yes, he wants to be friends with the cartel, Kim. Yes, yeah. I mean, he wants. He's. I mean, it, it's it, he is. He's you know he's right uh, that he that that is only a two percent fee. It seems fine, yeah. but all. So, you know, when you do this, instead of taking, you know, your normal lawyer fees, this is this is how you become a a, uh, a criminal attorney and a criminal lawyer. Like, yes. it's, you know, it's not it's, the same. It's part of the course, actually. Yeah. Uh, Lalo agrees to this price. Uh, he's so good here uh, that we will not see the last of him this episode. Uh, after the break, we go back to Jimmy and Kim's apartment. Uh, Jimmy says... I have some business news. <laughs> <laughs> this excellent there. Uh, Kim correctly guesses that Jimmy got Lalo bail. Of course she knew he would find a way. Uh, he mentions that he had to get the bail. And Kim is, of course, not happy about this. You're, but he tells her what he has tense to do next. scene. Super tense scene. I love Jimmy trying to cover it up with, again, a, a solace story about something that is sort of like it, but not to the level of what he's talking about. Yeah, yeah. It's not not even in the same ballpark. Yeah. The, uh, the thing with this, I really like this. I thought uh, Seahorn was absolutely fantastic in this scene uh, when she, the delivery of, I, I don't like this. I don't want you to do it. That was really good delivery. Yeah. Uh, and it's what the fuck did they think he was going to have to do? Like, did they really think he was just going to be relegated to doing stuff in the courtroom and then not have to do anything else? Like this, this seems like the first thing they'd ask him to do. Yeah. It, it, I mean, also like, I feel as though, you know, uh, other than the, the bad things that happen <laughs> later on in the episode due to this, yeah. Lalo probably felt as though this was just a regular routine operation that he could have just he could have just done, and you know, got out the way. Kim knows yeah, clearly. Yeah, like Kim knows the severity of this. She even says, you know, you're an attorney, not a bag man. Uh, and, and Kim says, I'll go with you. But Jimmy Valence, he says, no, I'm not gonna let you go. He said he gives an extremely great line uh, that will come back to bite him in the ass. There has never been more than fifty dollars in a in a steam in the history of a steam. <laughs> okay, why they, I would not let him go pick up the money in that car. I wouldn't care if he took it to the shop and got it checked out that morning. That is not. <laughs> that's maybe the biggest buy of the whole episode. That Lalo, if he knew the car Jimmy was driving, he would be like, "No, I have to give you a different car." Yeah, it, 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 you gotta, car, it, and then of course, even it, it's because it gets shot, but the car, of course, does uh, not make it. <laughs> Poor, uh, we'll get to the to the yeah, yeah. The, the demise of the esteem uh, in a few. Uh, but Jimmy is going to do it regardless of what she says. 
she knows it. He knows it. It's what he's always wanted. This is literally not not just Jimmy becoming Saul. This is Jimmy breaking bad, so to speak. Yeah. Uh, after the break, we go back to Saul. He's waiting in the desert, of course, waiting on the money drop by the well that Lalo told him to wait by, practicing I'm a lawyer in Spanish. <laughs> uh, the twins pull up and Saul attempts, attempts to talk to them. They look very confused, uh, of course, and give him the money and they pull off. Now he's in bed. He looks at the money and says, woof. It's so funny that he's trying to say, like, I'm a lawyer. Like, who else would there wouldn't be another person that they are meeting out here? No. <laughs> and and they also, again, I, I love the twins. I, I will always love them for as cartoonish and comic booky as they are. Yeah. Uh, showing no emotion, just literally looking at each other like, uh, okay, here's the money, kid. Uh, I love, again, once again, the, the Vince Gilligan cinematography. Why doesn't this man do more movies? I, I think he'd be great just doing a, a, a really nice, tight crime drama that's, that's like 110 minutes right he i mean he could easily be doing that uh in two years on on netflix yeah i mean el camino was uh still one of the best things they've ever put out and they just really you know produced it or distributed it more than anything which as far as i'm concerned is hitting upload so yeah i i I want more el caminos and i mean i again i don't want them to step out of the breaking bad universe but i want to see him do something different as well yeah yeah um, so Saul's driving away again. One, another tent scene in a episode full of tent scenes because once again there there's like a an, a naiveness a naivety that we have with these shows where you know usually if someone's just driving we're cool with it but in any Breaking Bad show if someone's just driving they're not just driving something's yeah. about to happen yeah uh, of course Saul is being tracked by dudes with guns uh, in trucks and they take the money they attempt to kill Saul and a shootout happens. I loved the scene where the gun goes up at Saul. We think that it's a joke. We think it's, I thought it was a squirt gun. Yeah, I yeah. something else was happening, but no, someone is shooting them from God knows where. Uh, really good shootout here. I know Vince said a lot of times in the Breaking Bad Insider podcast that he always wanted to do the, the shootouts, but Michelle McLaren always got the, always got the, the straw to yeah, yeah. the episode with the shootouts. Vince finally got his shootout in this episode. And boy, oh boy, was it one of the most tightly cut shootouts I've ever seen. Like, it looked almost like some Christopher Nolan, probably better action in this scene. Yeah, let's let's not, uh, we don't have to praise Nolan's uh, action choreography. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's not great. It's not great. <laughs> uh, um, but no, it was, it looked fantastic. It was, it, it was a good, I mean, it was it makes Lalo look a little dumber than maybe he should look because they were the thing he was trying to prevent basically happens immediately, uh, which, you know, other than making him look maybe a little uh, less than less effective than we would think he would be in terms of filmmaking this, like it it happens so fast, but like the, the, you know, the shitty truck peeling out behind him. I I just laughed when it happened. Like, yeah, I, I watched it. I'm pretty sure at like, 7 15 in the morning yesterday <laughs> and i you know 7 30 i'm like oh okay like I, I was loving it immediately and then uh, so that happens and then you think like yeah it's gonna be a squirt gun or they're testing him or you know some version of that you know whatever uh but no it's going down immediately 
and it's violent again. We didn't get a violent uh, disclaimer at the beginning of this episode. Usually, they do that for this. No, show. but I did. I do think this. They they it, we always get uh, TV uh, MA LSV on this yeah. show, which you know we all know that's that's as good as it gets. Yeah, and it's uh, possible. And even if there are, even if there isn't an episode that has violence, like we know that it's always possible in this show. Yeah, yeah. And there's, we all know that seeing the the thing that says TVMA LSV, it's the best feeling. It's the, it's better than seeing an R-rated movie. It's you just know it's going to be great. And yeah. they did. Uh, they, I, they, they used to be a four, four word thing if they had uh, dialogue. D used to be TV like M A L A or T T V M A D L S V or something. If there was not only language but offensive dialogue, otherwise they included a D. Man, those were that was like when the Shield was airing for the first time. Those were the good old days. Yeah, it never gets any better than that <laughs> ever. Uh, I thought it was the twins. I thought it was the twins that were doing this. Of course, uh, it was not. It was Mike, uh, and he's in full cleaner mode here. He takes the gas cap. I don't know if you noticed this, but he takes the gas cap out of the esteem. This is a callback to Breaking Bad. He had a tracker in there, and that's how he found Saul. Yeah, yeah, and then it's it's, uh, it's what made this feel a lot like, um, especially in the in the back half, kind of like a, uh, a kind of like a Coen Brothers movie to me a little yeah. bit, just yeah. because you know it was very stark uh, for the the latter half, and even the shootout is pretty. The way it's shot it, uh, made me reminded me of the way that Cohen shoot violence because it's it's really it's not like Fincher level surgical, but it's it's like very like naturalistically surgical, uh, and people just go down immediately, uh, and it's you know that that that's it, it, you know it's so it's like thunderous almost when it starts happening. Yeah, and I also uh, noticed it's not glamorized. It's not like most action movies glamorize the games yeah, yeah. And, and the shots. It's literally it's it's like a real shootout. It's like it, you you're just gonna die. Like it's yeah. it's not glamorized. It's not action shot. It's not the Matrix. It's literally a straight up you know shootout. But um, oh, and sorry. The and the other thing, the tracker in that spot on the car. That also, I mean, I, I know it is a Breaking Bad callback. That is also a, a very Cohen-y thing to me. Uh, but yeah. probably just because I'm thinking of like tracking in deserts and stuff. Also, not said, you know, verbally by anyone, by Mike or anyone. It, that's something that you have to pick up on. I'm also rewatching uh, Saul uh, as well from the beginning. The the gas cap is also a callback to the actually how Gus found Mike at one point. Uh, and I think you know, yes, these I remember because Mike, like, doesn't Mike like take apart of like his whole car basically or something yes. trying to figure out yeah okay how Gus found him and, and this is a callback there and this is how I guess the, the tracker trope starts in Breaking Bad and um I, I love that it wasn't you know and, and to me it's it's a gift and a curse of the show right that these are so heavy like they, they, these these references are very heavy that if there yeah. was just one person watching the show and not understanding it and they'd say how did he find him You'd say, oh, he he did this in season two, episode five, and then in Breaking Bad, this happened again. Like, that's yeah. a tough thing to break through for a lot of people. Yeah, and it's kind of like, uh, it, it, it's kind of, again, like it's a blessing and a curse because it, it, you know, when you have, because we talk about how this show is kind of like a thank you for Breaking Bad because of how small it seems like the audience is, uh, you also don't have to cater at all to a wider audience. If by the fifth season you're like, okay, our core audience is our core audience. They're obsessive about the show. 
yeah. you can do things that only your core audience is going to recognize without worrying about turning off non-fans because there aren't any non-fans. Yeah, absolutely not. Uh, with Mike sees uh, his car that he drove in leaking uh, radiator fluid, and so he knows that he cannot drive the car anymore. Uh, and the, the esteem is bullet riddled, but at that point, it's alive. After the break, Mike tells uh, Saul, you're alive. Focus on that as Saul is clearly in shock and not able to even speak or understand what's going on. Uh, the esteem is not okay. The alternator is shot, literally, <laughs> as Mike says. <laughs> Saul pushes the car towards a cliff, but first he has to get his second best lawyer ever. <laughs> Mug. <laughs> I, was, I was sad about this. I was sad. It's end of an error, but I mean, he gets the mug later. So yeah. <laughs> it, it, it is It is definitely, you know, strip. It, this this episode is stripping, stripping Jimmy of everything that he still was holding on to as a regular lawyer. His mug, uh, his car that, that, you know, kind of showing off that he was living a modest lifestyle. Yeah. These are gone. You can't, you're not living this lifestyle anymore. This is a yeah. different Jimmy. This is Saul now. Yeah, it's, so, it's literally like destroying the stuff that the physical objects that defined his his persona as we knew him. Yep. Uh, so Mike and Saul push the esteem off the cliff. There's a very funny story about this esteem that I'll talk about later on uh, from the Insider podcast. Uh, did you know uh, that this scene was actually a mistake and they edited it down because the esteem uh, they, it hooked onto the cliff? No, it was a terrifying shot when it started to to roll. I was like, is Mike just going to fucking go over this cliff? What's happening here? Yeah, it, 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 it got stuck on the cliff and hung on the edge of the cliff for 30 seconds. And they had to edit the scene down to show it. <laughs> they had to have... I noticed it when I watched it again. But if you notice it, there there's like a really small cut where it kind of falls immediately. Uh-huh. I'm guessing they had... Uh, Bob and Jonathan stand there while they <laughs> while they yeah, yeah. they got a, they got a cut there. Very very funny the amount of issues they had filming this episode in the desert. Um, That's it, also like when they talk about how like in Independence Day they had like one shot to blow up the White House because it was like a model they paid a million dollars for. This is like the same like they only have like one of these cars. It's, it's they're shooting it I actually in the desert. They're not gonna be able to knock it off twice. Yeah, it's just gonna be impossible to do that. Um, Saul and, and 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 Mike start walking through the desert. Mike wasn't sure that the ambush would happen. Obviously, uh, not because he was just you know kind of trailing Saul to make sure that the the money got dropped off uh, on time. Uh, but he you know he wants to get Saul to safety to get the money there. So they're walking through the desert with the money, kind of like Walt did back in the day, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the, one of my favorite parts of the episode was that it was basically just pointing out preemptively how stupid Walt is like oh <laughs> yeah and Walt did it and know the exact coordinates and stuff so it, it ultimately was a better plan oh let's get to that let's get to that like Saul Saul actually uh says later on he well, after he tries to get Mike to help carry it and Mike kind of looks at him like he's a dumbass uh Saul <laughs> says Saul says let's dig a hole and he says I'll remember where I dug it by digging a a little plot here by this tree I'll remember the landmarks yeah, and, and then I, I put in my notes, someone in a few years will come up with a better plan than this. Yeah, and it is, like, Walt's plan is better than this, but it's still ultimately a, a stupid plan. Like, it, you know, it's one of the, having this money out in the desert is one of the things that screws Walt over, even if he is able to go back and get it and, you know, 
he he he's able to find it much more effectively than Saul would have. But yeah. ultimately, it's not that doesn't help him. No, it's it's still a ridiculous plan, and so many things could go wrong, as we see here. And I wonder if like if Mike had been alive at this point, would he have told uh, Walt this is a terrible idea, and this is why? <laughs> <laughs> um, Mike spots the truck of one of the ambushers who got away, uh, and and they they move out very very quickly just to make sure that they you know they don't get spotted because now they have no transportation no phone service and they're running out of water so at the at the at the dawn of night uh mike prepares a camp for the night and saul will not be making his promise from kim to make it home uh this night scene pat so great the lighting here is 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 amazing yeah really awesome uh and it was like it just dark enough uh it they they captured the i don't know the like desert ambiance really well in these shots i think yeah and it, it was uh you know like saul refusing this space blanket and uh well you know why he it, refused it yeah oh yeah yeah uh it, it was very uh i don't know it was both uh it was kind of tender weirdly uh between the two of them and it was, it was when it was really like, oh, what really makes this like Breaking Bad is that like they're stuck here overnight, and the fact that they've been gone so long with no contact, like it's not something that can be, you know, it's it's not something that can be glossed over. It's not, you know, being late for dinner. Yeah, it's that you are you are gone, and I your phone is going straight to voicemail type fear. Yeah. Uh, this nighttime scene is very, very, uh, poignant for a lot of reasons. One of the reasons being that, uh, Saul mentions to Mike that his, that Kim knows what he was doing and knows why he was in the desert. At this point, my gear started turning <laughs> because yeah. this is a big problem. And we would see why directly after the scene, but Mike thinks that, that Kim is going to call the cops. I love the, I love right before this, uh, Saul says, it's my wife. And then Mike says, congratulations. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but Saul doesn't think she's going to call the cops. She's in, and Mike says quite bluntly, she's in the game now. Yeah. That Which is Saul some... doesn't like, but why, why would he think again? Like, it's like the last thing. Why would he think otherwise? Yeah. Like he, he says, she's not even game adjacent, but we know, we all know better. That the fact that she knows about this means that there's a level, but well, I think there's also a level here of honesty with Saul that Walt never had, right? He tells her right off the bat, this is what's going on. But this kind of is a clue in of, of what would ha- what happens when you do do that. This is the opposite of what happens in Breaking Bad. She knew from the start what Jimmy was and what he was going to become and what he yeah. was becoming. And she's not okay with it. Like you could even you could kind of muster. A, a a take where Kim's always been in the game with him. Yeah, I mean, a hundred percent. I mean, they've been doing all this stuff together. I mean, they just you know they ran this scheme together. Like yeah. that, it's undeniable. Uh, and it is, yeah, it's it's very very different than uh, not not totally inverse, but very opposite uh, of Walt's relationship with Skyler in a lot of ways. Yeah, uh, Mike tries to offer uh, Saul a, a thermal blanket, as, as we said, because it does get cold in the desert, of course. Uh, and Saul looks at it and is very uncomfortable with it. But once again, it's it's the idea of stripping things away from Jimmy and having things up from his past be stripped away. Or, I mean, possibly putting his face once again and having to realize, you know, 
just the path that he's taking. He looks at it, and and the look that he gives is, is very telling. And he says, "You know what? I'm I'm not gonna use the thermal blanket, uh, the space blanket, as he used to call it. Of course, if you watch, Which, it, he should probably use it. Uh, it's gonna get cold. I know uh, why he's saying no, but it's gonna get cold. And of course, we're we're referencing uh, Saul's uh, deceased brother Chuck, who had some sort of. I, I'm still not clear of the, of the name of it. I, I don't, or not clear, not, not clear of the name of it, but I don't have it in front of me, but he had a disorder where he couldn't go outside without <laughs> wearing yeah, a space blanket. He was affected by electricity and had a space blanket, uh, protective situation going on. Yeah. Well, go rewatch go yeah, re yeah. the series. Uh, after the break, we're, we're with Kim. And I, I think when I saw this, you might've said, had the same response. I said, please tell me she's not where I think she is. And she is where we thought she was. She's meeting with Lalo at the jail. Uh, she's in the game now. Let's just yeah. say that. I mean, this, like, you know, that's it. Like, yeah. she, she like, revealed herself. She, like, went to see the guy. He has literally met her. Yes. And Kim says right off the bat, I know who you are. Uh, and you, we have someone in common that is Saul. She wants to find him. She says she won't alert the police, but she wants Saul and she'll bring him the money. Lalo is great here. Tony Dalton is great here. Uh, congratulating or, or giving uh, Saul shout outs for marrying Kim. He like mutters to himself in Spanish. Good for him. Yeah. Um, she mentions that she's uh, Saul's wife and she can't testify him. And that is what protects Lalo uh, from any type of, of issues. Lalo, not so sure here. He says Saul is a born survivor. He's like a cockroach. He says, you know, he thinks that Saul is alive and that he'll be back and that she just needs to chill out. Yeah, it's, he, a, it's a good line when he says, like, if he's coming back, he's he doesn't need our help to come back if he's coming back. Yeah, and also that he, he's not going to take that money and leave without you. So, yeah. if that, you know, if that's the case, that he's going to be fine. Uh, I, I love Lalo's faith here. I think Lalo knows more about Saul and his makeup and just who he is than we than we put on or, or, or that even Jimmy slash Saul knows. Yeah, it's it's been like it's been a good way to kind of get Saul into these first few, you know, adventures as Saul, basically, in seeing that it, it's not just like his loose affiliation with uh, Gus and Mike that is getting him in these situations. But it's actually like there is another guy who, for whatever reason, he has this charm in real life that, you know, m makes you think he can do this. Yeah, and and he once again he's been able to read Saul from the beginning, and and I think this is just you know more proof of that. Kim is heart heartbroken here. I I feel it and the, the helplessness that she has here of not being able to to find him, but uh you know so Lalo's not going for it. Uh, back to to Mike and Saul. There did you did you peep the condensation of your own urine to make water thing that he did? Oh yeah, yeah. Did you, did you ever was... learn that? Uh, I've only ever seen it in movies. <laughs> uh, but Mike is, is Survivor Man here. Uh, they're still walking. We get a really dope montage with uh, Labry Sifra. Uh, the song is called I Got the. Of course, we all know it is the sample for Slim Shady. Uh, Hi, my name is here. Yeah. They, they At first, I was hoping they were just going to play uh, My Name Is because it is kind of uh, because of the you know name theme of the show. It's, yeah. uh, it could have actually been relevant. Not really at this moment, though. But I mean, like, the, the the actual lyrics of this song go with the show. Yes, as well. yes, and it was it was much. Yeah, I was I what I was I meant like the original much more appropriate for this uh, this instance. 
Yeah, and I think that also they they had to have paid up the ass for the clearance of the song. This is not a this is a song that's been sampled a lot. Yeah. So I'm pretty yeah. sure that they paid a lot for this this sample. But once again, another great montage against the desert. And Gilligan knows this desert. This is where they actually shot the Tohili. Uh, I don't know if that is the actual name of it. This, but that's where they shot the episode of Breaking Bad. They're in the same spot where Jesse and Walt were were doing their meth business. Oh, excellent. So, yeah, uh, so this is their location. Yes. Once again, the, the Breaking Bad influence is is, is very, uh, very, sound, very sound here in Better Call Saul. Um, this is a bonding moment <laughs> for Saul and Mike, and it's going a long way for, for both of them. Uh, they're fighting over the water. Uh, Saul is just getting, he's just over it. He's fed up. He's trying to, he ties the bags together and is going to drag them like an idiot. Yeah, he's, it, it's so clear immediately that it didn't help him. <laughs> It is a bad idea from the from jump. I know they must have been heavy, but come on, Saul. You know better than this. Even Mike says this is a terrible idea. Uh, after the break, the bag rips because, of course, it does. Everything goes wrong in this episode. Saul punctures his foot on a cactus. <laughs> Very painful scene. And if you, if you remember earlier in the episode, it's like the same. I think it's the same foot uh, where he wipes water off of his shoe just to make him clean. And now look at him. Yeah, yeah, brought a uh, fucking needle through your yeah. foot. Doing all this in dress shoes would be painful. Your foot would fall off. Painful, dude. Painful. Uh, I, I, I have to say that I really enjoy the uh, the the Davison main bottle filled with piss. Yeah. Yes. That's where that's where amazing problem. What 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 is, what is I, I want one. I think that's gonna be on their on their merch site. I, I need a Davis and Maine uh uh cup. Let me get one. Yeah, I, I need one. I need to put my pee in there as well. Um, <laughs> just sitting around for the whole quarantine pissing in a, a prop from a television show. So after he pull, after Saul pulls the needle out of his foot, he says, you know, I'm done. And you know, he, he asked Mike, you know, how the hell are you still going? And Mike says, Because I know what I'm here for. He has to set up his family and his people. He's, he says, you know, I have people waiting for me. And Mike explains that he's doing for the, for, you know, he's doing it for them and how he's setting them up for life after he's gone. This might have possibly been the most heartbreaking speech in this show because we know that none of what he's doing is going to go to any of these people. And in fact, they all die except for his his uh, granddaughter. Yeah. And it's I mean, I'm sure that like uh, we do get the idea. I think that he's like set them up well enough by the. uh by the end of the show of, of Breaking Bad, but you know, it's thinking about how the way he ends up going out uh, is and how just shitty it is, how it's just basically because of how stupid Walt is. Uh, it makes this like a little more, you know, it's, it's frustrating for him. I do think they could have maybe toned this one down 10% uh, and just had him. Cause you know, we know that this is what Mike, uh, is about and while I did like that they were hearkening to what would end up happening to him, I think they could have just it was a little ten literally ninety percent of what they did would have been fine, but it, a great performance from Jonathan Banks. Uh, Mike spots the ambusher again and Saul attempts to act as a decoy by putting on the space blanket uh, as as a light and as as a, a huge target for the uh, the ambusher uh, to to spot him. But he does it so that Mike can get a shot off. Mike gets him. Great uh, moment. Really, really dangerous spot of the car flipping. Vince Gilligan was 
I think this might be the whole budget for the season. Yeah, <laughs> the, 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 the saw like just waiting for it, like he was in Halo or something, was crazy. <laughs> the car was like the- this was the moment that was like a Chris Nolan. Yeah, it was. It, it, it was really like was. a Dark Knight scene. Shot in IMAX. Uh, <laughs> so, so Mike, you know, gets some really great shot of the car flipping. Uh, but Mike realizes when he when he goes to the car that he shot a bottle of water too. <laughs> yeah, amazing. <laughs> Just great. So they're they're still stuck in the desert. Uh, Saul drinks the piss. <laughs> chugs, chugs the piss. And they're they're walking. The, the episode ends. They can now walk on the main road because, of course, they couldn't walk on the road because the the uh, the ambusher was was looking for them and creating perimeter. The episode ends. Next episode, Saul and Mike return home. And I can imagine that a lot of things are going to change. Before we get to our overall thoughts, I did listen to the Insider podcast featuring Vince Gilligan, Peter Gould, and everybody on the show. Uh, Midnight Run is what they based this episode off of. So uh, during the conception of Better Call Saul... Oh, okay, yeah, all right. During the conception of this show, he had, he had envisioned the show to be like that movie uh, with De Niro and Grodin's characters being Mike and Jimmy uh in their place so this is the this is kind of like the the culmination of all he wanted the show to be and i kind of get it here and i always figured and thought that better call saul was supposed to be a tight buddy type of drama with both of these two and we get glimpses of that throughout the seasons but we've never had them together like this ever since this episode no not in 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 a capacity where they were both just stuck in it together they've this has never happened I mean, it's, it's kind of what the show has been teasing for a very long time uh except that you know saul is uh kind of on the receiving end of of some trouble and, and not causing any but it, it it's it was it was well worth the wait to see them together in this capacity and seeing saul appreciate mike for what he you know they're totally in mike's element here and saul and not in saul's in any way yeah uh, Gilligan and, and the crew they shot this episode. Midnight Run is awesome. Also, I'm gonna I haven't seen it in like ten years, but I should I, rewatch it. I haven't seen it at all, so I'm gonna go check it out. Um, they shot this episode in 17 and a half days last July in the desert. Uh, it's it's the lo- it's uh, like I said earlier, it's the location where the pilot and the final episodes of Breaking Bad were filmed. Also, Gilligan says this was the hardest thing he's ever shot. I can tell. It is a, just the amount of walking like they, they actually are walking in so many different locations that it would have been so painful to haul all the 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 camera equipment around the desert. Um, the night scenes with Mike and Jimmy with their glow sticks that was shot on the soundstage. Uh, they said the logis- okay. they said the logistics to do that in a real desert would have been way too hard considering everything they had already done. So, yeah, the fucking it drops 40 degrees and then a scorpion comes out and fucking bite you stabs you in the throat yeah hell no uh they said that the 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 actual car flip stunt was the most dangerous stunt they ever attempted on this show it looked like it <laughs> but i was just like yeah i mean that's not a high bar yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh they said that they used a, a double to put odenkirk in digitally in front of the car because they were afraid that you know whether they put a stunt man or bob in front of it something bad would have happened they yes, said that it, again it looked very close had to be bad <laughs> yeah and, and it was funny because in other uh seasons remember that when the when the twins walked away from the exploding car 
and and Gus walking walking away from the actual Los Pollos Hermanos in the last episode, they it was actually the actors doing that. So yeah, very interesting that they they decided to do that that way. They said that they they the the esteemed part that I talked about earlier. They said that they had two stunt people as well as like plates and cables underneath the car to help push it <laughs> over the top, and it still it got caught. For 30 seconds but they edited it down and as far as the car scene which you asked about earlier pat they said it was the most expensive scene they ever shot for both both series better better call Saul and breaking bad uh the the vehicles were they got them throughout the southwest and the most expensive one was a 1980s silver steel lamborghini that was half a million dollars okay yeah that that uh that sounds right so uh we are two episodes left before we get to the end of this season uh of course we have 13 episodes next season whenever that happens i would imagine uh probably a year and a half because they probably have to start filming in the summertime late, uh, late fall. yeah yeah i mean so, it's gonna be a while yes yeah, it's, it's gonna we, we might not see it until probably next fall if we, yeah. if I were to guess, yeah. we, we won't see the show again but um we are nearing the, the end game here you know, what are your thoughts? Are, are you more tense? Uh, what, where do you think we're going here? There are a lot of moving parts, a lot of, of hanging, dangling threads on this show in general. We have Lalo, who is yet to be released. We have uh, Saul, who is now Saul, <laughs> as, as we can assume. Yeah. Uh, we have the Gus situation. And now we have Kim, who is probably the biggest question mark that we have in this season. I'm very concerned about her. I know we've been, we've been bouncing back and forth on, you know, whether she's going to survive, whether she's going to die, what's going to happen. This is the biggest question, and I think that in order for this season to be a success, they have to answer this. Yeah, I mean, I what I would love more than anything is to for them to spend the next episode and a half convincing us that Kim is dead or will die, and then she shows up in the the flash forward. Uh, that and then that's you know that we're left with that on the way to the last season. Uh, the, other than the Kim, what the fuck is going to happen with this character situation? Uh, they have done a pretty good job of streamlining the entire show into this plot with Lalo at this point, because yes. that's really where everyone's stories are. Like Saul isn't running a scheme that's going to lead him to something. He's in the, like this is it's just going to be two episodes of like sheer Lalo stuff and then we're going to be out unless we get some, some flash forward stuff. Yeah. And, and I think that, and, and again, you, you actually make a good point because even Nacho, I forgot about him. His story is now completely, uh, in it, you know, dissolved into Mike, into Saul, into Kim, even everything is falls on whether Lalo lives or dies. And now with Kim in the game, does she continue to be into it? Uh, has Jimmy put her in even more danger and how are they, they going to, I mean, we know Jimmy doesn't get out of it, but how yeah. does she get out of it? I would. Uh, I have. I don't. I don't know what I. What I actually think. I don't know. Uh, I don't. I. I before I really had it uh, on good odds that she was going to uh, going to survive. Uh, but now I'm not. I'm not positive. Yeah, it, it's it's scary, and I think that once again, sometimes the truth might be what what buries you here. Um, but it, hey, we, we only have about five or so days until the next episode, four or five days to the next episode. They're coming up quick. Uh, we are hanging on to this show and, and, and walking you guys through it. I'll, you know, I, I'm super excited. I think once again with Bagman, it's possibly one of my favorite episodes of either series. 
Um, I think that, you know, Better Call Saul has been an amazing show, not only just as a prequel that does it right, even though we know the outcome, but also as just a, a, a show in general, like just giving us what we want every single week as far as performances and a compelling story. And even in rewatching it, I've just been completely hooked on the show again, uh, you know, just waiting for it. So um, I'm excited. I'm really yeah, excited. Yeah, I mean, it's been awesome. It was great to see, you know, there there is no other episode of this show like this at this point. So mm. that's awesome. I mean, it's hard to ignore. Uh, it's because of that going to be remembered as a more game-changing episode for the show than anything else this season, even though obviously there was a pretty steady build to this point that can't be discounted uh i mean it's great it's great when you know a show that's awesome is entering an even more awesome phase and here we are yeah absolutely so until next week thank you guys for listening to recalling saul we will be back with the, the review of the penultimate episode of this season it is called bad choice road so I would imagine that uh, <laughs> you pretty much know what's going on there. Uh, but as always, follow us at RNC Radio Live uh, for the latest and greatest from all of our uh, shows. Follow and subscribe to us at RNC Watch, where you can listen to shows as, such as this. And it's a challenge with Meals. Uh, and that just came back last week. The challenge is, is back. So Meals is fully, fully into that. So make sure you check that out as he reviews every single episode and gives his thoughts on who's going to win and who's going to come out on top. And until next week, for Pat, I'm Justin. Thank you guys for listening. This will be fun as well. Bye-bye. Dead in linen, skinny jean, wear a fro for days in the OAA. Boss so low, most fools couldn't price me. Silent stunt with a blunt full of PE. And I guess you know me. Been in the why so long. Gotta trust they family, especially Brooklyn. Shout out to the Mardis. My bloodline runs deep, this I don't sleep Figure it's my pops keeping me away And keep my mind with the clouds for reality These motherfuckers can't fathom the wizardry Slow-mo brain that's backwards, cowards Take a shower, you're out of two stinks Wanna know what I think Hey, my mojo so dope, bitch My mojo so dope Yeah, we live it, live it Yeah, we own it Lifestyle, give a fuck about a motherfucking lifestyle. Cause nigga, we, we live this shit. Oh, oh, oh. Give a fuck about your lifestyle. Give a fuck about a motherfucking lifestyle. Cause nigga, hey, I live through words, not metaphors. So I pass to be the rest of the freshmen. Play for talk talk, often the fade till it came like Pop God said true things. A whole new legion of some niggas. Aiming high past the eye, this slang and praise a lot for keeping me away, man. Not of my niggas fell victim to the dope game. Some things will never be the same. Wishes I could tell my brother something for some motivation to get him out that gutter. He's leaving behind a family and a mother. Damn, you must understand what I speak about this song. It's how I really am. Yeah, this is how I really think. See what I see, yes, I really drink, yes, I really drink, I really do rage. My demons at the cage by most of the day. Before I became the age to even rage, I was trying to my sorrows with some OE, nigga. Hey, we live this shit. Oh, oh, oh. Hey, my mojo so dope, bitch. My mojo so dope. <laughs> yeah, we live it, live it. Yeah, oh. we 
Yeah.